Welcome to The Broad Pod, just a couple of broads interviewing inspiring women. I'm Becca. And I'm Jackie. Let's get inspired together. Don't forget to stay tuned at the end of the episode for a special surprise for our guest. And thank you to WKWC for allowing us to use their podcast studio. We're back again. Nancy's back. Back again. Yeah, I had that like wheezy um, cough this time, but and, and we're not back just in the fact that like there's another episode. No, we're not. Um, it took us. <laughs> listen, we recorded ten episodes before I had a major boo boo in my. You've uh, done amazing podcast <laughs> editing. So sweet, our sweet guest today. So we uh, met with her about a month ago to record an episode. And then when I came in a couple of weeks later to edit it, I realized that there was another episode playing in the background mm. of our episode. Uh, it was like a thing. Anyway, so I feel <laughs> terrible, but she's a saint for, and, yeah. for doing this. And I about died whenever you text me. I was like, no. I've never been so afraid no. of Jackie in my entire life. Yeah. Oh, via I was text like, message? I was I'm like, that oh, scary? God. I was like, oh, God, I have to tell her this. You know, Jackie's very threatening. I don't Am know. I? No. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe some people should feel like you are, but I, I do not feel threatened by you. I don't I think so at all. I was just like, oh, no. I don't want to make Mary Alexa come back in. She did so perfectly. But <laughs> y'all just she wanted was, me back for a second. We That's did. Really, yeah. You're, yeah. You, I, honestly, like, you were so gracious whenever I told you. You were just like, oh, that's totally fine. Just the joyful person that you are. So um, and me and Mary Alexa know each other from uh, what, a Bunko group, yeah, right? Is that how we met? Is that how we met? Yeah, with the Bunko group. All the and girls. it turned into like a watching the bachelor group and then it turned into like just getting together for food. Um, and then it turned into everybody being busy becoming moms and you know, all that life happened or whatever. But, um, but Mary Alexa is one of the most joyful, kind, positive women I've ever met. I just love her verbally, bubbly, (laughs) bubbly bubbly personality. You're just always upbeat and just so warm and welcoming. And I just, I just think a lot of her. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I'm Um, excited. I get to talk to you again. Yes, I'm excited to be back. Thanks (laughs) for having me. I'm also excited. All three of us are a little sick. And so we all (laughs) have these raspy raspy voices. (laughs) So it's just like an extra special version of the broad pod. Yes. Sultry in November. Yeah, yeah, seductive sounding voices. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Isn't there like a Friends episode about like Phoebe uh, with like a sexy voice or something? I'm not a huge Friends I don't watcher, know. but I'm, I'm gonna say yes. I, I, I think she like did. I think. Well, I'm thinking well, she's like Monica a really good sing, when she singer. Said, oh, yes, is that what it was? Phoebe, yes. Is that it? There's okay. two different ones. Worth okay. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. So that's where we are right that's now. That's where we are. Yes. All right. So, do you want to ask the first question? I I guess. Basically, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for having me. I'm happy to be here again. again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my name is Mary Alexa Howard, and I'm from the small town of Princeton, Kentucky. Um, you probably have never heard of it. We are pretty famous for our Polly's Pizza, having two stoplights and yes. turning uh, pizza huts into Mexican restaurants and then into <laughs> insurance it. agencies. So um, it is an adorable little town. I grew up. Um, just in like a storybook town and had the most perfect childhood. Um, I went to college at Murray State University um, where I got my um, bachelor's in communication disorders and then my master's in speech language pathology. Um, that's also where I met my husband, Ben, 13 years ago. Um, it feels like we've been together forever, but then sometimes <laughs> it feels like we just met. It's crazy. Um we met there. We've been married for eight years. And then just last year, we welcomed our um, first child, Earthside, into our lives, Wells. He is um, 18 months old, and he is 
just a ball of energy. So much fun, <laughs> and he gives me a run for my money most every day. So. Curly hair, too. Yes. Adorable. Curly little cotton that top. That is a cute baby. He's mm. got the best hair. Yes. I mean, and in I have face. black hair, so I don't know how he got blonde hair. But and you dress him <laughs> we so well. Which, and the only reason I know that is because you have like a group on Facebook where you resell his clothes. Yes. And I'm always on there just what a little bit too <laughs> like, I like I miss it. And I'm like, oh gosh, these people That's are funny. like just waiting for you to post clothes. <laughs> okay, so I get the joy of asking you the icebreaker question. So, yes. all right, Mary Alexa, what has been one of the most influential films that you have seen and a short reason why? Okay, so... You guys have already heard this before, but maybe the listeners haven't. Um, so the most influential film to me is a little bit depressing, but still a little stands. Bit. A, little bit. a little bit. It is. Seriously, <laughs> if you've never watched this movie, you need to put it on your list and put the book on there too, because it's so good. Um, but it's Sophie's Choice. It was set, or it was set in World War II, that time period. Um, but I think it was filmed in like the early 80s or late 70s. Meryl Streep plays Sophie, um, and she is phenomenal as always Mm -hmm. um so sophie's choice meryl streep is going into a concentration camp she has both of her small children with her and she they're divvying the lines up so they have one line that's going straight to the gas chambers one line that is going to the work camp and a um, nazi soldier comes over and says um are you a jew and she says no i'm a i'm a christian and he looks her up and down compliments the way she looks and then says okay, well, then you believe in Jesus Christ. And she says, yes, I do. Like, please let me go. And he said, yeah, you're free to go. But the Bible says um, that the little children will suffer. And she just looks at him and her expression changes. And she looks at her two babies like, what? what's he talking about? Um, and so then he said, you're free to go and you may take one of your children with you. So my heart just stopped. And I think I watched this movie um when I was in middle school, I was like in seventh or eighth grade. So way oh beyond thinking about being a mom or making right. a decision like that. I mean, who could comprehend a decision like that? So um, anyway, she stands there and pleads with him for several minutes about, no, I can't make this choice. Like you make the choice for me. And he was like, no, I'm giving you the choice. You make the choice or we'll take both of them. So if you haven't seen the movie, you're going to have to watch it. So you find out like which one she chooses, but she inevitably does make a choice and she chooses one child over the other. Um, And then that's how the movie ends, which is crazy. But I remember after the fact, just thinking about life and Mm -hmm. choices and thinking, man, you make choices every day. And some of them are, are you going to eat a salad or a cheeseburger? Or are you going to go to this college or this college? Are you going to marry this person or this person? And um, some choices don't impact your day to day, but then right. other choices completely change your life. So yeah. um, it was definitely influential. And it's one of those movies where when you ask that question, it was the first thing that popped into my mind because yeah. it was just crazy. So, yeah. It, 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 I don't know. I, I don't even know. I have so many questions. I know. Did she have the option of saying, like, take me and save them? I don't think she did. I think it was, he was he was still making her suffer. Like yeah. he, yeah. he was, he was going to make her suffer one way or the other. Cause it was right. like a power thing. I need to watch um, it. I need to be mental, mentally prepared. It was so prepared. good. I know. Yes. It's on my list ever since we've talked to you last time. It's so good. It's, it's on my list. You hear people reference like, Oh, yes. that's just like, you know, that's a Sophie's choice. Yes. And I didn't really know what that was about, but mm-hmm. because of you, I know. I know, started I know. Off on a now I know how, joyful note. <laughs> how, how bad of a thing that is to have yes, to do. Absolutely. But that would be, that would be an impactful film. It was with you for a long time. And that's kind of traumatized you a little bit. 
Okay, so that'll just be some for family fun. Um, pick up Sophie's Choice this Friday night with a pizza and some popcorn. Okay, um, if you could be the member of any fictional family, which one would it be and why? I assume it's not Sophie's family. <laughs> Definitely um, Sophie's family. Yeah. Um, so this was an easy one. I don't know if you all have ever seen the show Parenthood. Oh, it's yeah. not on anymore, but um, I think it's on maybe Netflix or Hulu. I don't remember. Um, but anyway, the Braverman family is definitely the family that I would want to be a part of. It's this huge family. They're loud. They're energetic. They're um, joyful, but they go through a lot of hard times, too. Um, they're very, it's very inclusive and diverse because they have um, characters in the family that are of different races. Of um, They have a child with special needs in there. Mm-hmm. They also have um, an adoptive family and children. And just it's just crazy, like the dynamic of the Mm -hmm. family but um they go through hard times they go through struggles and they just love each other fiercely and um it's like if you're with the Bravermans you're loved and you're one of us so I definitely would want to be part of the Braverman family I love that that show it is so good other people have mentioned that too and I'm like that sounds like it sounds similar to this is us but different. it is Mm -hmm. and this is us is good but I feel like it was kind of a spin off of parenthood like parenthood is the meat and potatoes and this is us is kind of like Eh, it's a little fluffy, but you cried. Yeah. Every, anyway, yeah, I could. Tell it's so good okay. though. <laughs> All right, if you could listen to only one song on repeat for the rest of your life, what song would it be and why? Okay, so I am a music lover. Like mm-hmm. it's my, it's my avenue. So <laughs> I love old school songs like Elton John. I know Jackie's a we fan. Share too. that love. Yes, and he's our love one listener. Elton. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes, and he keeps saying he's doing his farewell tours. I don't believe it. He does it I over hope and not. over and over again. He's coming not. back. I think he's coming back. Um, but anyway, I love that kind of music. Um, but if I had to listen to one song on repeat, it would be um, a song about Jesus because that's how I get through most every day. Mm. Um, so Hillsong Worship has a song called Seasons. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not, but it is an upbeat Christian song, but it talks about um, just how you go through seasons in life. And sometimes you're on the mountaintop and everything's going great. And then mm-hmm. sometimes you're way down deep in the valley and you're just struggling and um, some of the lyrics that just resonate with me is how nature acquaints us with the nature of patience because I feel like in my life I've had to go through dark seasons and winter seasons that have felt like they've lasted forever Mm -hmm. Um, and then it also goes on to say like a seed in the snow I've been buried to grow for your promise is loyal from seed to sequoia so like God's gonna plant you um, and he has a reason for your season of waiting. He's not going to waste a single season in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and your waiting may prolong, but God's promise for your life is so great that um, he already sees what's happening next. So I just love it because now, like I used to listen to it on walks and I would get emotional and think, goodness, like I feel like I'm in this season that he talks about and I'm still in this season and it's just such a dark time. And um, now it will come on and I look in the rearview mirror at my son Wells in the back seat and I'm like, my season came. Like, I yes. believe that my season will come and it did um, because I know that like if God is not done working, then I'm not done waiting. And um, Wells is just the evidence of God's goodness and faithfulness to me. So that would definitely be the song that I will listen to on repeat. Many yes. days I do listen to it on repeat already. So amen to that. Great song. Another song I would recommend that's along the same lines yeah. was sort of my like, adoption song mm-hmm. is um tasha layton it's called thank you for the no okay and so i haven't that, heard of that one yeah thank you for the no <clears throat> seem like they would be similar she's yes but, yeah she's good. yeah she so, is so good speaking of seasons like you just did you have been through so many different seasons and now you're in a super fun season yes. with wells 
but I know that it took a lot to get there. Um, Do you want to share a little bit about your journey? I know you've had a lot of heartbreak, a lot of uncertainties when Wells was born, but just the whole journey to getting there. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Absolutely. So I've been pretty transparent about our journey um, to get to Wells, and it has been, um, it was about three years of just a lot of loss and a lot of grief um, to get him here. Um, So we, Ben and I, decided we'd like to start a family in the summer-ish of 2019. Um, We got pregnant for the first time, and we were super excited. And I think that a lot of times, whenever people get pregnant for the first time, they're very naive, and they think, okay, this is my due date. I'm going to have a baby by this holiday or this. And you don't really think of, like, the what-ifs your first time. Um, So I... Found out I was pregnant summer of 2019 and then miscarried a few months later um, at the end of the first trimester. And it was absolutely devastating. We um, didn't see it coming at all. And we just had made this plan for our life. You know, it's like we had planned to start a family and that's just the way it was going to work. And then um, we met with my doctor and she had explained to me that in the first trimester, um, sorry, my Molly's mixing's alarm is going off. <laughs> Is do you do we need a pause and order? Oh my gosh, it's very important. Now to shoot a text to my husband. She will love my cookies every Thursday for Molly's mixins. I mean, yes. No, we're not cutting that out. We know know what it is. We know how it is. Comic relief. Gotta have my cookies. Is she selling the brownies? I think they're tonight. Okay, well I might. Yeah, but that's an alarm that's like in five minutes. Order cookies. Oh, that's hilarious. I didn't plan that. I was like kind of vibrating. Um, but anyway, so then we met with my doctor. She was like one in four people miscarry in the first trimester. It was a fluke. You probably like try again. This is probably not going to happen again. So, um, we decided to try again. We got pregnant very easily. Um, and I was past the first trimester. We found out it was a little boy. We were super excited. Um, and then I had what they call a missed miscarriage. So, um, went to my routine appointment and they had actually backed off of my appointments because the pregnancy was going so well. Um, and then I miscarried without knowing. And so then I waited until my next appointment and then they found out that he had stopped growing. Um, so the second that I found that out, it was almost just like, a fog of grief like it my whole world just stopped spinning and um it was just really hard it was just a really hard season to get through so um that was in February of 2020 so I um decided Ben and I wanted to have the baby at home so we decided to do go that route instead of the hospital and then um we buried him at home and that was right before COVID hit so Hmm. things just got crazier so um then COVID hit, and of course, those holidays, Mother's Day, first mm-hmm. baby's due date, everything just kind of snowballed, and it was just a really hard season. And then um, that summer, we decided to get some genetic testing done and some exploratory surgeries just to see, like, what was going on and why my body was repeatedly miscarrying. Mm-hmm. And we got the green light from our fetal maternal specialist and my OBGYN to try again. So we prayed about it, and we said, you know, we're going to try one more time. And if we have another miscarriage we know that God is closing that door like we're gonna open Mm -hmm. the door of adoption and we're just gonna pursue that so Mm -hmm. we were hopeful to have a biological baby but we also were kind of to the point where we were exhausted and Mm -hmm. we were we just felt defeated so we were like we're just gonna um see how it goes so we got pregnant again very easily and um the third pregnancy did end relatively quickly and I knew and um so Ben and I 
we grieved all three very similarly. Like it, I cannot emphasize enough that it does not matter how far along you are. Whenever you experience loss, it is, it's just heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. So we grieved that um, last baby and then we jumped right into our adoption dur- journey. So we um, started fundraising because of the application fee. We decided to go through Faithful Adoption Consultants because we didn't really know where to start. Mm -hmm. And with COVID, it was difficult to adopt internationally. It was kind of like domestic is your only option right now. So we pursued that path. Um, God not only opened the door for our adoption, but he like flung it open because Mm -hmm. we had an outpouring of support and love. Um, We had several adoption yard sales. Jackie made a bracelet called the Waymaker bracelet for us. Um, We did a freezer pleaser where we did freezer meals inside of a a deep freeze and raffled that off. Um, We had a 5k, a friend did a GoFundMe. We did all kinds of things. Um, And I knew that the baby was growing in our hearts for adoption, but we didn't know that there was still a baby growing inside my womb. So um, it was crazy. We went to um, do our home study paperwork and that is whenever I knew that I was pregnant um, but we continually we continued to pursue adoption just because of the last three miscarriages right. that I'd experienced yeah. so um, we even had to tell we had to tell the people that did our home study because once they found out I was pregnant they were like surely you're not one to do this and we had to have a conference call with them and say yes adoption is our plan a like Right. Biological right. baby is our plan before. B, yeah. but yes. we want to adopt. So um, I got to surprise Ben, which was wonderful. Aww. We had a little onesie that said adopting and expecting during our photo shoot for our profile book. And um, so that was exciting. And I think he almost had a heart attack. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? I was like, yeah. And it was um, a pretty good pregnancy. So we surprised our family at Christmas when I was 24 weeks. So we had a long time to tell people. Um, but we told them through our Christmas card that said, the more the merrier. And everybody was super excited for That's us. Cute. And we were really hopeful, um, but cautiously optimistic right. to have a baby earth side. Um, so then at 32 weeks, I developed preeclampsia after mm-hmm. a very healthy pregnancy that escalated into help syndrome, which I was unfamiliar with at the time. But um, it can be really dangerous for the mother. So they were monitoring wells, but they were more so monitoring me. And then they decided to induce whenever Wells was almost 36 weeks. Um, And it was, his delivery was perfect. Um, Ben got to deliver him 32 hours of labor was not so fun. But (laughs) yes, it was long two days. We thought he was going to be born in March and he was born in April. So I was like, (laughs) what day is it? Like what month are we in? Um, But he was born, Ben delivered him. He was perfect. And I remember like when they placed him on my chest that just that weight of anxiety and fear just left because here he was and we'd made it to the finish line and he was perfect and Mm -hmm. it was just great. So 12 hours after he was born, though, he stopped breathing. um, And that was one of the scariest things that I've ever experienced. Um, They sent us to the NICU and we were at Owensboro's NICU for about three days and then his breathing episodes became closer together. So it went from him having one every 10 to 12 hours to Mm -hmm. having one every eight, six, four, (laughs) down to like every 30 minutes. So they weren't sure if it was seizures or what it was. So they decided to put him on a ventilator um, so that it could be breathing for him. And then they put him in a helicopter and flew him to Norton so that we could get the care that we needed there. Um, 
that was hands down like the hardest situation I've ever been in because they wouldn't allow us to go. COVID was still a thing. So, um, it was, we weren't allowed to stay in the NICU with them at Norton's. We could stay there during the day, but we couldn't stay overnight. And, um, it was just really difficult. So we, um, whenever we got to Norton's, we were there for seven more days and inevitably they said that he was diagnosed with brew, which is brief, resolved, unexplained event. So they did every test imaginable. They couldn't rule anything out, but they couldn't say that it was anything. So they saw him having the episodes and they didn't detect any seizure activity. So they sent us home. And he would just recover from the He would just recover. So they were like, we'll know as he gets older, if he has any sort of brain damage or if he has any issues, like we'll know. But so far, I mean, by the grace of God, he is perfect. I mean, to me, I mean, he's got, he's got his stuff, but he's a little feisty. He's perfect to me. But yes, so then we were home for two weeks and Ben was rocking him to sleep and he stopped breathing again. So not to give you guys all the details, but it was a hard first three months. Like I had to yes. grieve what I'd envisioned of the newborn stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when Wells was two months old looking at my planner and telling Ben, we've been in the hospital more days than we've been at home. And um, it just didn't feel right. It felt like we had suffered for three years, like trying to have a baby. And then now we had a baby and we were both just kind of like, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. Why, why are we, why is this happening again? Mm -hmm. Um, But I was thankful for Owensboro Public Schools, which is who I worked for at the Mm -hmm. time. Um, because they allowed me to take an extended maternity leave, and so I got six months off, which was That's great. Nice. That so that first amazing. three months really was nice. yes, was hard taking care of a medically fragile baby, and right. then the second three months, I felt like I kind of got into the groove of motherhood. So Good. that was a blessing. But yeah, you deserved oh. that time, <laughs> that extra time with him. Yes, after I all loved it. So hard every day. And, oh my goodness, that is a lot to go through. <laughs> So you talked about adoption being placed on your heart. Yes. So is that something that you're still pursuing? And if so, where are you in the process? Yes. So we are still very actively pursuing adoption. It's just funny how your plans and your timeline don't always align with God's plan for your life. Um, I mean, whenever Ben opened up that onesie and it said adopting and expecting, we thought we're going to have two babies. We were to the point of like wanting to buy two of everything because we realistically thought, we're going to be matched quickly, and we're going to have this baby in April. Yeah. Um, that's not the way that God saw our plan <laughs> unfolding. Yeah. And two years later, and we still have not had a successful match. We have been matched um, twice with failed matches, one in October of 2021 and then one just this past July. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a very difficult thing to go through, as I know you said you guys have been through that as well. Um, it's hard because you envision your family growing, whatever that looks like, biologically through adoption, fostering. And then when it doesn't happen, you're kind of like, okay, I need to give people answers. And I also really, Wells is 19 months now. Like we are ready to grow our family again. Mm -hmm. And we really don't know what that's going to look like. We are pursuing um, international adoption now. We've had a door open Mm -hmm. for international adoption through Haiti, which is where we did our medical mission trips. Um, So we have a tie there. And now we're kind of praying that maybe um, we might adopt a child that would be preschool age or even a little older. Wonderful. Um, We're open to whatever. We know there are tons of kids that need homes. And um, I know as soon as you receive the love from a child that they're yours. So it doesn't really matter to me now that they're a newborn. So we'll just see which which door God opens and when that's going to happen. 
Well, I cannot wait. I, know. I can't I know. wait I'm to see your, for you. your family Thank grow you. in whatever way that looks like. I cannot wait. But yeah, there's nothing that's going to, I mean, obviously adoption is the way we, you know, completed our family, but <clears throat> there is never a test of like your own patience and faith in God's timing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, like that process. I mean, yeah. So I think a lot of people go into it and think we're going to get this profile book together and then the first person's going to pick us yes. and then just like the the rejection feelings and like why aren't they yes. picking us i'm trying to get these brownies off of molly's mix-ins and <laughs> they're sold out these bougie brownies are like the <laughs> best thing that ever happened it's, yes they're sold anyway. out already yeah they were oh, sold gosh, out before no order to my started. Okay. my yeah. voice is getting sexier by the, by the second girl <laughs> um okay so so you talked about uh speech language pathology yes and that that was your yes it is that uh was your passion for a long mm-hmm, time so tell us about your decision to pause that part of who you are yes so um it was a difficult decision but once I became a mom it was kind of like oh this is what I'm supposed to do with life this is what I was supposed to be when I grew up was a mom mm-hmm. um I'd always wanted to be a speech pathologist from a very young age and then once Wells came into the picture, my passion shifted, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I even told the people that I worked for, I have all intentions of coming back. And I meant that. Yes. And then yeah. I came back and it was just different. So now I am thankful that I was able to come back for the two months that I worked because I feel like now I have the perspective from a working mom and a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And I have respect for those women. I mean, oh man, it is absolutely difficult. It is hard either yes. way. If you go to work outside of the home or if you work inside of the home, it is hard. Um, being a stay-at-home mom may not be trendy or popular and it's definitely not glamorous because most days I end <laughs> up, I mean, right now I have not or something on my leggings and, <laughs> and you still look fabulous and he drew with chalk on my legs earlier so you know but um they do say do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life and I do think that that's what God had in mind when he gifted me Wells and being his mom mm-hmm. I just love who Wells is I love his personality and it changes every day like mm-hmm. I look at pictures of him a month ago and he's a different person now yeah. and I'm like I'm just thankful that I get to see that different person every single day and see who he's evolving into. Yes. Um, and I get to be a part of that. I get yeah. to be the, the first hand in shaping his personality, which I love. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Being with him and being his mom is my entire world. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is definitely my most precious gift Earthside. So I feel like it's my responsibility and it's my heart's desire to raise him to the best of my ability, which right now just means devoting my time to his childhood. So. Yeah. So but jealous. it was, it was hard. It was hard to make that decision. I mean, I went to yes, school for seven years, you know, with Absolutely. bachelor's, master's, and then starting my doctorate. So it felt like I devoted a chunk of my life mm-hmm, to being right. a speech pathologist. And now I'm just like, yeah, it was definitely part of my identity. Um, and I'm thankful. I am able to work just enough to keep my license up yeah, during right. Wells' nap time on good. Tuesdays and Thursdays. So that's been great. But that is good. Stay-at-home well, mom know, life is and you don't know. I mean, I've had friends who, you know, once their kids got into school, maybe they got back into their career. Right. I mean, you don't know what the future, but I mean, yeah. to have that opportunity, because I just think about Asher, <laughs> my husband and I talk about all the time, where like, it's like every day he can do something new. Yes. And so the opportunity to be at home, I'm like, the, the women at the daycare, like, they get to see some of that stuff that I, yeah. I miss. And right. so there is, I do have some jealousy for you too. Yeah, I understand. But it's fine. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> and I wish everybody that wanted to do that had, had the opportunity yeah. to I do that. I remember talking to Jackie yeah. about it 
Like yes. I even screenshotted our text message because I was like, this is so encouraging to me because we we financially did not think we would I would be able to stay at home. And then God just provided. Like yeah, I buy absolutely. almost everything secondhand. So mm-hmm. all Wells' clothes yeah. have been worn by somebody else before him. <laughs> um, but and it just worked out. We got yeah. rid of TV. Like we we just cut back. Absolutely. So it's I think I told you it. like it'll it'll work I mean it's it's gonna it's gonna work work itself out you will will figure it out yes and it it just I can't even remember what I said but yeah I was just like do it yes you won't regret it I don't regret (laughs) it because I remember thinking like I would never like you know those people that you know will go on like maternity leave or whatever and then don't come back I'm like I'm gonna be ready to come back to work and I was like nope no I just just didn't expect that about myself either I'm sure they really do change you like Oh, 100%. in unimaginable ways mm-hmm. yeah yeah I did the same thing I went back and then I was like just kidding <laughs> I'm out yeah <laughs> so I can relate to that um okay so I, I know you're an amazing mom because I've seen it firsthand and Wells is just precious <laughs> but I know there's those you know trying moments absolutely with a toddler because I also have an 18 month old and a five-year-old so what is most difficult about being a stay-at-home mom um, so I think I told you guys this whenever I first got here, but we have been sick for the past oh. almost three weeks. Uh, so this is uh, the true yeah. interview right now because <laughs> yes. it is hard. So, um, no vacation is definitely hard. I mean, you are working nine to five and then you're working five to nine yeah. because he doesn't sleep. So that's, oh God, that's another that's thing. Like, it's kind of like you're on a 24 hour shift just all the time. Um, no sick time, which I learned when we all had COVID a few weeks ago. You take care of everybody, and then when you get it, you like take care of yourself. Care of yes. right, right. And everybody yes, on top of it. and right. everybody. Um, yeah. And then there's also no performance review, which I lived and thrived off of the performance review at work. Like, I wanted a pat on the back and to be told I was doing a good job. her, like, ribbons and certificates. Please. Like, employee of the month. Yes. You get a star sticker today. Yes. A special parking spot at Kroger at the library yes. would be great. It would be awesome. Um, but it is difficult. Like, it's, it's own kind of lonely. It's like, the happiest lonely you'll ever mm-hmm. be because um, you're home all day with somebody that you're pouring 110% into and they're not really pouring back into you. <laughs> no. Like they're really, Wells isn't even really talking. So it's like, <laughs> I am talking and reading and puzzling and feeding and changing and rocking and all the things. And I'm not really getting anything in return. <laughs> except, Come on guys. Yeah. Except like your unemployed roommate is basically. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and then just like the heaviness of the responsibility of doing and being at all for somebody. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's such a blessing to be somebody's everything, but then it's also just a huge weight on Heavy. your shoulders. Yeah. Like, mm. yeah. So it's difficult. It is not glamorous, but it's what I want to do. Absolutely. I mean, it's what I feel like God called me to do. So. Yeah. And you're doing a yeah. fabulous job. Well, you are. Too. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So what advice do you have to, you know, there's got to be tough days. Like, how do you find the joy yes. in those tough days? What advice do you give to other stay-at-home moms? Um, so definitely, number one piece of advice would be to give yourself grace. Um, we're not perfect, and you're not going to do it perfectly. So you're going to have to, just like you extend other people grace, extend yourself grace, and just mm-hmm. try again every day. Um, also drop the expectations for yourself. I set really high expectations and then when I don't meet them, I feel like a failure. So Mm -hmm. just drop those expectations and drop the comparison to, um, everybody's momming differently, whether you're momming (laughs) from work or, um, I mean, it's hard to get your kid to daycare and get them dressed and fed. And, um, that's 
super difficult and it's also hard to stay home all day and to not have anywhere to go yeah um we're all just doing the best that we can so Mm -hmm. I think you definitely just have to stop comparing yourself Mm -hmm. um and then uh, there was something I read earlier that was like some days as a mom you wake up and you have 60 percent battery and if you give Mm -hmm. your child 60 percent then you're really giving them 100 percent because you're giving them all you have right so I I think you have to like know that if you've been taking care of a sick family or you haven't been sleeping well or whatever you're still giving all of yourself to somebody um so you kind of have to give yourself a pat on the back and just know that you're doing the best you can um you're definitely the best mom for your child that there is um and then another piece of advice would be just to get plugged in um I know I stayed home and was almost like a helicopter parent over Wells <laughs> after his medical issues which and makes then, sense yes <laughs> but after Christmas when he was like eight or nine months old we started going to story time and we started going to the library for all their little functions and um, I met other moms. We started doing kinder music and Melody Garden at the Botanical Gardens. And um, we get, we got a museum pass and a zoo pass in Evansville. And it's like, if you get plugged in, mm-hmm. then the loneliness kind of subsides. And you're like, okay, I'm making memories and having experiences with my kids. So that is something that I would give, the advice I would give everybody is just don't be afraid to get out with them and to do with them. And they're going to get sick. Yeah. But that's part of life. You got to make, you got to <laughs> yeah. have fun. Yes. Talk to me about kinder music real quick. Um, yeah. How old did you start him doing that? Because I don't know. So your first class is free. Um, Deidre's phenomenal. And they have, on the website, they have, like, different classes where you can even go at, like, 5.30 or 6 at night so okay. that dads can go, too. Um, they have, like, a newborn to one-year-old class, I know. Wells okay. is in the zero to two. Okay. And we go on Thursday mornings or Friday mornings. Like, they have the option. Um, but I, they also have, like, mixed classes for, like, parents that have little ones and then toddlers or older kids, too. Um, but it's awesome. He loves it. I just hear a lot of people talk about it. Yes. Like Ashley talks about taking her kids to it. So I'm like, yeah. I just don't know what age you start them doing this I mean, things. we started at, like, nine months. Oh, I feel okay. like, That's... but there's some people, they start at six months. I mean, as long yeah. as they can sit up on the, on their own, they're getting something out of yeah. it. So, okay. yeah, he loves it. Okay, so I know you have other passions. And a little side hustle that you do. So tell us a little bit about AMA Collectibles. Okay, so AMA Collectibles shop is our Instagram shop. Me and um, one of my best friends, we have it together. So we like to thrift and junk and find treasures. And so we decided initially that we were going to open up the shop to get rid of things we already had Mm -hmm. to replace them with treasures we found. And now it's kind of become a little side hustle because we go treasure hunting We find things, and then we sell them online. So, um, eventually, I would love to have a storefront. That's, like, my dream. But right now, focused on Wells, focused on my family, um, it just doesn't feel like the right time. But we do have an Instagram shop, and it's really fun. I love to follow it. Thank you. You all find some of the coolest stuff ever. (laughs) We found, since I've seen you guys last, I went to an estate sale. So, I collect ginger jars, like little ceramic ginger jars. So, I went to an estate sale with Wells. There was a ginger jar on the shelf, and I said, oh, I really want that one. How much is it? And she told me the price. She put it in my pile. So then I bring it home. It had somebody's ashes in it. Oh, So hello. now <laughs> I have a ginger jar with someone's remains That's in amazing. my collection. But our house is Do been we know like, that they're human remains? Could it be I'm a dog? I'm not sure. It could be a dog. But, lots of questions. So then I went to a yard sale, found a matching ginger jar for a dollar. So I named them Marianne and Wanda. Oh, they're the best of friends. <laughs> All through their high school Earl, days. Earl had to die. 
Oh my! So yes, yeah. that's like the most interesting that thing is, I found. That is very interesting. Yes, in the states now. That that's but a I cool story. Oh, I, I didn't physically pick up the jar, or I would have been like, "Why is it heavy?" Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. So I got Marianne home. In the end. I'm here for this. Yeah. How did you like develop an eye? Like, how do you know like what is gonna sell? I don't. It's all just kind of. It's stuff that okay. you like. I feel it's like, like it's your yeah, style. If I you go have a really somewhere, cool style. Yeah, if I go somewhere and I see something I like, but it won't, either won't fit in my house or then I'll just try to sell it. A lot mm-hmm. of the stuff that's for sale, though, is displayed in my home. Until it sells, I'll that. enjoy it. Yeah. That's well, that's great. great. So, you have like this rotating thing that yeah, like, it doesn't get I love stale. It. Like you're yes. just changing the You have to go see your house. It's beautiful. Yeah, you'll have to follow us. She's really, really good at it. Decor. I've always I'd thought love that. It. I love doing that on the side. So, <laughs> do you sell brownies? <laughs> no, I wish. Molly, well, maybe Molly give doesn't a complimentary either. Brownie. <laughs> she didn't have I any. I mean, did you not get any at Idlewood? No, Sunday. I did, and that's why. Anyway, oh, that's we can, why. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> goodness, the bougie brownie, <laughs> the bougie brownie. <laughs> so, what are some women who have inspired you along the way? So, um. Just as a group, I would say mothers are very inspiring. Uh, biological mothers, mothers that chose adoption um, and chose life for their child. Adopted mothers, foster mothers, um, grandparents that step in and become a mother for their grandchildren. I think that those women um, just exude all of the attributes of um, inspiring to me. Just integrity, empathy, honesty, positivity, and above all else, courage just to step up. And becoming a mother is scary, you know. Mm-hmm. You never, I mean, you never done it before. So I definitely think that those women inspire me. Um, I have so much respect and um, admiration for my own mom, who has suffered through cancer twice and who's getting treatment now. Um, oh, wow. And she is, she's just had courage in times of fear, and she's also just had faith that never wavers. Um, and then I would say another person would be my godmother, who um, suffered a stroke last summer, and same thing. I mean, she wow. just got back on her feet and got plugged in and um, those are just women that I think if I were ever to face a trial like that I would hope that I would um, be able to conquer it like they have so absolutely yeah, yeah, for awesome. sure well I think you have gone through trials oh although not health related yourself <laughs> yes. although yes health related because you had help syndrome I mean you've already shown that kind of resilience well, you know? you. all right so this is always a tough question for people but what are you most proud about yourself this is the hardest question. Like I've tried to figure out a good answer and I don't really know. So um, I would say resilience is part of the answer. Um, I am proud that whenever I was faced with trials and suffering that I was able to use my suffering and be transparent and very vulnerable with it mm-hmm. um, to help other people who were going through miscarriage. Um, I also think that I've not really sugarcoated it and I've um, tried my hardest to um, just share my love for Jesus through my trials and to figure out a purpose through that. Um, I also am really proud to be Ben Howard's wife. That's like, that sounds <laughs> really that. silly. Oh, but sweet. I love Ben. Hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. Um, he's he is, he's a good man. And he mm-hmm. is part of the reason, I mean, he is one of the main reasons I can stay home. He mm-hmm. had more faith than I had in knowing that God would provide for us. And um, he was a hundred percent on board. Like he was just like, this is what you want to do. And I want you to be able to do it. And we are going to figure it out. Even if I have to work two jobs or on the weekend or so I am, I know that's not being proud of myself, but I am proud that, um, 
Oh, you got he's, a good picker. Yes, he, he, he chose, chose me. Yes. yes, yes. So he you must have, have seen man. something in me that was that was good enough for him. So I am, and I'm proud of just the family that we've built. You know, I'm proud that we didn't give up yeah. um, trying for a child. And so well, I have to tell you this. I don't. I didn't tell you this last time, but like I didn't know you, but I knew of your story through our friend Ashley. Yes. Um, and I have never rooted so hard for a stranger in my entire <gasps> life because you know Thank I had, you. you know she had shared your story with us, and so just. And that we knew that y'all were going through the adoption stuff at the same time. And then when you got pregnant, I was just, I don't know, even, you know, sometimes in those times, it's hard to be happy for other people, sure, but just yeah. seeing how resilient and joyful you were mm. and the faith that you had, it was just yeah, really easy you. to be happy for you. And I didn't even really know you. Well, thank yes. you. So, I appreciate um, that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just looking forward to seeing your family continue to grow. Me too. However that looks yeah. in the future. Yeah. Me oh, yeah. too. All right. Thank you for being here with us again absolutely and being so sweet it. about mm-hmm. repeating this with us. i'm sorry i messed up the first time. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i still am pretty you know happy that we got through 10 without messing absolutely up, you're killing it it's gonna happen. You're killing it yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right let's go get some brownies and cookies all right. mary alexa's friend shelly tyler tells us why she thinks mary alexa is inspiring Mary Alexa is one of the people I cannot wait to run into in the hallways at church. Whenever I see her, her smile lights up the room and she immediately greets me with a huge hug and gives me the best eye contact that shows me her love for me and her interest in my life. I know that she has overcome tremendous difficulties with joy and perseverance and hope. And I can see the love of Christ shine through her even when she was going through hard times. And now I see her rejoice in the joy of our Father and the love that He has for her. And I see it overflow and spill onto the lives of many women that I see come in contact with her. I am so blessed to know Mary Alexa, and I can't wait to get to know her more. 